Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here with the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And uh, we thought today we might discuss something that uh, obviously has come into, into the light the last couple of days, but, but was also in the news over the previous couple of weeks. And that is potentially the possibility of the NBA season being pushed back. Uh, that would be having a, a later start around. Christmas and potentially pushing right through to July and August. Now, clearly this is something that's on the table now, Frank, given uh, everything that's going on. But I think it's an interesting idea in general. And I I know that I've seen you tweeting about it a little bit, certainly in relation to what's going on right now. But prior to that, uh, as a a potential idea that that maybe would work when you're talking about viewership, uh, attendance, all these other things that the NBA is a, a little bit concerned about at the moment. Yeah, and it's ironic. There, there are two tweets I, that kind of stuck out at me. Um, well, one was a tweet. Um, Jason Pat, who's uh, part of the kind of Bulls crew uh, at um, Bloggable. Um, I've long followed Jason, and you know, um, I guess with the Bucks and Bulls not really being very competitive, it's easy to feel a degree of kinship with our uh, <laughs> with the, the good, the good, uh, the good folks who cover uh, the Bulls down south, but. Um, I think, I don't know, he just had like a flippant comment, you know, like when, when kind of this a couple of days ago, it was just like, just canceled the season basically. Right. Uh, and my, what immediately went through my head was like, well, yeah, if you're a Bulls fan, like, of course, yeah, just cancel the season. <laughs> like you, yeah. you have literally nothing, nothing going, you have no chance of the playoffs. I mean, if you're a fan of a bad team, like I, I can understand the thinking of, you know, you know, punt this, this season into, you know, space and uh, just, focus on figuring out how to, how to get next year started, you know, hopefully some somewhat on time. So I understand that. And kind of a similar vein, um, Tom Ziller, who um, I've always appreciated and um, have known for geez, 12 or 13 years, because we were both one of the, some, two of the kind of OG uh, SB Nation team, team site managers. Um, I mean, Tom's a, a much better uh, generalist NBA guy than, than I am, but uh, Tom has a uh, he has his Good Morning's Basketball uh, newsletter that he's now taken uh, independent, and which I, I still really enjoy and I subscribe to. And uh, he he befitting keep in mind Tom is at his core a Kings fan. Uh, he, he had a similar sentiment, which was basically like, "Why exactly are we trying to save this season?" Uh, and I I mean, isn't it pretty obvious why you try to save this season? Like we constantly battle this perception of, well, the regular season is too long and it doesn't mean anything. And why are we even bothering with playing 82 games and how do we fast forward to the playoffs and blah, 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 blah. Right. Like very legitimate chance of winning a championship. So of course, you know, I'm going to be much more desperate to save this playoff season than, than most, but I mean, isn't that what generally like NBA fans, isn't that what like 
people in the league, like wh why would you expect them to do anything differently? Right. Like to me, you know, if, if given the simple trade off of, you know, do I want to preserve? And again, maybe it's not the current normal version of the playoffs um, at minimum time shifted. Um, maybe some of the series have to be shorter. Um, are there going to be fans? I don't know. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but given that, you know, this is, still primarily a TV sport, right? Um, why, why would you, like, why would you ever care about maintaining, you know, a sense of normalcy for next year at the cost of losing the absolute most valuable and interesting portion of this season, which is the playoffs and crowning a champion? So I don't know. To me, I don't think that's a very, like, biased, like, Bucks, Laker, Clipper view of the world to, to have. Um, you know, to me that, that is the, the legacy of a season is, you know, what happens? Yes. in the regular season to some extent, but okay. We, I think we've reached quorum on what a regular season is. Right. I mean, basically we got to similar around the same mark as the 66 game season that we had during the lockout shortened year. Um, you know, we had a 50 game season in the 98, 99 season when the Spurs won their first title. Um, you know, and again, like I, I think, even if you have a short and regular season, the main thing is getting to the playoffs and having, you know, as close to a normal playoff structure as possible. So um, I don't know, like I, I, I fail to see kind of what the controversy is in that. Um, and I, I think the encouraging thing is it doesn't seem like the NBA is willing to punt on the playoffs either, which makes sense because, you know, when do the NBA when, when, when do NBA broadcasts really kind of amp up in terms of coverage and spectacle and ratings? Well, it's during the playoffs. And I mean, can you imagine what the hunger, like if, let's just assume they go straight into the playoffs this year. Can you imagine the like hunger there is going to be for NBA basketball, much less playoff basketball, if we have to spend two, three months without any sports whatsoever? I think the ratings will be through the roof because I think there's going to be so much appreciation for just having the sport and, that's going to be the case whether they're fans in the stands or not. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I like, I, not that everybody is saying this, but I've seen it from a few sources. And I think, again, I do have my Bucks color glasses on, but um, to me, this is kind of a no brainer. Like you, you absolutely do what you can to save the playoffs and crown a champion. And obviously if you're a Bucks fan. That that's exactly what you want to see too. Uh, yeah, so it's it's interesting that you you bring that up because I, I certainly do believe that there's a definitive uh, point of emphasis that you might place on this season, depending on who you watch, who you care about. And uh, and I saw uh, what someone else tweet, and this was from a, a, a Minnesota radio guy who was like, "Well, we've lost all purpose to this season. There's no point in, in going on. Like, what does this season mean?" And I and I and I commented. <laughs> back and i said well who are you talking about when you say we've lost all purpose because i'm pretty sure if you asked the milwaukee bucks and the los angeles lakers if they think that there's no purpose in in continuing the season then i think they're going to disagree with you and he said well yeah but i mean we we build up the regular season to a playoffs and we've already lost that so it doesn't matter anymore let's just wrap it and start again and the other interesting one that i thought was was kind of curious and just kind of funny to that who this came from 
was Spencer Dinwiddie when he came up with this idea of a of a knockout tournament with every single uh, team involved. Well, yes, yeah, Spencer, I, I would believe that you might think that might be a good idea because your team's got no chance in hell of maybe even winning one playoff game against the Milwaukee Bucks in a 1-8 matchup. So I do believe that you would think that a, the knockout tournament would be a great idea. I, I, I do think it's funny, uh, some of these, these takes that have come through. I, I think the biggest question will be when you come back to uh, what happens with this season. And again, I mean, it's just so difficult because we don't know uh, the timing of this and and we're probably not going to know for a while as you sort of said there's so many moving moving elements here but the the question will be and, and I think again this is going to be based around timing but it'll be whether you uh, do try to make up these regular season games and, and play for the Bucks 53 and 12 so play these last 17 uh, games or do you just roll straight into the playoffs I, I'm not totally sure I think that either way uh, I think that there's going to be advantages and disadvantages for certain teams. And even something as as, as uh, big as I saw, uh, I think it was a Brooklyn, um, again, on the Nets, a, a Brooklyn reporter or, or a blog or something like that posted the the possibility of, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving playing. Now, I think that the playoff eligibility would obviously stand here and that wouldn't be um, possible or, or probably shouldn't be possible, certainly for, for Durant. But, geez, there's just going to be so many things to work through when it when it comes to this season. Wait, why? Why would Durant not be eligible for the postseason? He's is on it, the. I mean, he's on the roster. Oh, that's that's true. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. There's no. There's no cutoff. Yeah. There's cutoffs for signing. But uh, right. I guess. But, right. Yeah, I mean that. They, these are all the types of things that are going to be interesting to see because I think another team, obviously the the Bucks, um, a rival of theirs, and a team that looked like it was going to be right up in the air. The Sixers with Ben Simmons and his back. Um, clearly, he's going to have some time. To recover, I, I think the, things are going to change, but there, there is obviously going to be a bunch of different things uh, that that come into the decision here. I mean, do you think no matter? I mean, what would your cutoff be for playing not only the playoffs but but these regular season <clears throat> games? I mean, how would you try and attack this? Say, if it is a, a late June, early July restart. So I haven't really thought it through, but I think probably the easiest way I would think about it is, you know, I think there's a natural like gravity to uh, starting a season in, at Christmas, if not, you know, when we start it currently, right? Which is like, I guess at this point, like what, mid-October? Um, so I guess if we kind of rewind the clock, right? So we say media day is like end of September, right? Is that that's generally what it is? Like end of September and then now mid-October, we, we start to see like, yeah. like slightly after the middle of October. So, um, so basically, you know, say like three weeks before, um, three weeks before uh, the start of the season, you kind of kick off training camp. And then if we kind of go further backwards, so if it's like end of September is when media day is, compare that to, um, you know, say mid-June is when the finals end, right? So like, mid mid june to uh late september is a little over three months right so um so yeah so i would just basically like re kind of pull the clock back that way so if we say all right you need three weeks training camp before christmas day kickoff tip off uh so let's say december one you, you start training camp um and then you just walk it back let's say three months from there right so you go December to November 1st, October 1st, uh, September 1st. So that basically would say, all right, if you're done by September 1st, 
then you can maintain basically the same gap between the end of the season and the start of the next season. And, you know, I, again, like there, there would be a lot of like logistics. I mean, you know, it's not like you would just, you know, snap your fingers and say, great. Now the season now just perpetually starts in December and ends in, you know, August. Right. But um, I think given the circumstances, you know, as you we were saying, um, if, if again, the coronavirus issues can be, you know, mitigated to the point where you can restart basketball, um, call it uh, in June to end in August, uh, then yeah, I think you can maintain basically the same, same length of off season uh, and get to, to that December start. So that, I think that's sort of the, at this point, like the, you know, reasonable state of the world that you could kind of work towards as we were discussing yesterday. I think, uh, you know, holding out hope that after a month, this is going to be, you know, far enough resolved that, that you can start playing basketball again, to me seems like very wishful thinking. So I think if you just at this point say, all right, let's assume it's not, you know, mid April that we're coming back, but it's, and it's not mid May, but it's mid June. Uh, then I think from there you can kind of, you know, start to work out that scenario of uh, mid June to call it late August. And then, yeah, basically then you're, you have that timing uh, set for, uh, for then starting the next season uh, in, in December. And obviously part of like the December start idea is, you know, a lot of that kind of started as well with people looking at how can you shorten the regular season as well. Um, again, as I said the other day, I don't foresee that. <laughs> I think the the league will never be more dead set on playing 82 games than after this season where they're going to lose a ton of money. Um, so I think next season, I'm going to assume it's got to be an 82 game <laughs> season. Um, and I think the league also will not want to, you know, cram games into a smaller period of time because they've obviously made such a big effort to provide more rest and, and get away from, you know, these really congested calendars. So, uh, so yeah, I think, I think just, just plan on moving the calendar at this point. And, um, you know, I think, I think that kind of lines up more nicely with, uh, the NFL calendar as well. And so, you know, basically I think the two preeminent sports in North America then can basically sort of offset each other. Football gets, you know, whatever it is, September to, uh, kind of end of December, January, uh, obviously there'd be sort of the NFL playoffs overlapping with the start of the, uh, the regular, the beginning of the regular season, but, um, the NBA then more or less would have, you know, from the Super Bowl through, um, you know, late August, all of themselves, which, um, would be, would be pretty interesting. I don't know. And I, there's maybe other kind of impact. And we talked about the Olympics. I don't think the Olympics really matter that much in the grand scheme of, uh, of the sport, uh, especially, I mean, there won't be, you know, again, I, I'm not going to worry about the Olympics at this point, but, um, I don't know if there may be other factors, obviously, I mean, you'd have to rewrite the calendar for the draft. You'd have to rewrite the calendar, you know, you have to shift free agency and, and other things, which again, you could just sort of push them uniformly forward. Like, you know, you do the, the season or maybe there's other ways you could do it. Um, and I'm sure there's other kind of consequences we'd have to kind of bake into this, but, um, you know, to me that, that just seems like the kind of obvious, the obvious way to do this. And obviously, as I said yesterday, if maybe you're, you know, in, in the absolute best case scenario, if two months from now we say, Hey, we can start playing games again, um, you know, early, then you have a month where you can kind of figure out like, all right, do you want to do two weeks training camp, two weeks, 
regular season games to just sort of fill in some some prep time for the playoffs or you know do you want to use that time to um you know have like the, a tournament for the seven through ten teams whatever it might be so um so yeah i don't know i, I think we i think we solved it uh uh Kane. we did we did not we did not cure the coronavirus but we at least uh i think i think came up with a pretty reasonable um you know sort of mitigation plan for not just this season but what what seasons moving forward can be like So now's the time to look after one of our local sponsors in what is a really tough time around the world. D1 Milwaukee. D1 is the place for the athlete. You set the goal and they will help you get there. Uh, You guys already know they have a 40-yard indoor turf training field. All coaches are former D1 collegiate strength and conditioning coaches and athletes. Science-based programs they build specifically to improve athletic performance. They have state-of-the-art facilities and they use the exact same NFL combine testing equipment that you see on TV, along with personalized achievement plans to suit your specific goals. They are located in the Mequon Pavilions right off I-43. Uh, 11020 North Port Washington Road is the address. Uh, brand new gym, only just opened. Obviously, really, really tough times uh, for them right now. So if you can, uh, try and support them. Give them a call and find out ways that you can get involved uh, during this uh, obviously really tough stretch that we're all going to go through. Uh, I spoke with my friend Tana Bichka, who is the general manager down at D1 today, and he did uh, inform me that they are still having, for the time being, some small classes with a, a maximum of six people. And in between those classes, they are closing uh, to clean the facilities and, and take all the precautions necessary. We know that you can't have groups of 10 people or more. So a uh, maximum of six people in those uh, limited classes that they have available. So look them up online, uh, try and give them a call. And uh, it's $10 to reserve one of those six spots in a class. So we're not talking about a lot of money here. Uh, check them out, D1 Milwaukee. Try and help out a friend of the pod and Bucks fans while you're at it. Yeah, I mean, I, I do just look back and, and think back to the 2012 season that, that did start on Christmas Day. And, um, you know, while you sort of have pointed to the reasons why uh, the, the league is not going to want to uh, scrap a bunch of regular season games after taking a huge uh, loss right now that they are, the, I remember that the, the build-up to that Christmas Day uh, slate to, to tip off the season was just huge and the anticipation and, and how much people had missed basketball and, and Christmas day is already basketball's day. And this is something that's gotten bigger and bigger uh, each season. Uh, it would be a, a really, really fun starting point. If you, if you every year were just like, okay, opening night is on Christmas day and, and maybe it would be a little bit before that, depending on the calendar and what you want to work out. Uh, that period is always, feels like sort of the, the start of basketball and, and you, I mean, you know, Frank, you pointed to why the, the start of the regular season game, uh, the media as a whole points to, oh, it doesn't really mean anything. What is October and November basketball? And, and I, I mean, I can't really argue with that. While we've obviously enjoyed the Milwaukee Bucks having a, a historic season to this point, um, I didn't come back until December for that reason, that I knew that if I missed October and November, it wasn't really going to mean anything in the grand scheme of things. And uh, I think that, you know, if you did have to, uh, push the season back or shorten the season for for next next year, then then that's what it is. I mean, I don't think that there's there's a massive uh, issue with that. I, I think the the big the big point is that we we do finish this season because unlike those other people that will tell you that uh, this season is done and it means absolutely nothing, 
Uh, I would strongly disagree with that. And I'm still, even if it's in three months, four months, I'm still ready uh, for, for some playoff basketball. Well, and so as you were talking there too, I mean, um, obviously, uh, if, if the calendar moved like that, um, you know, if Kane Pittman continues his, you know, <laughs> basically you'd have year on summer, right? Because I know. You'd spend, <laughs> you'd spend the summers in, uh, you know, Australia to, you know, kind of half, first half of our winter, you'd come back, you'd get a little bit of the, obviously the bad Wisconsin winter portion there in January, February in particular, but, um, but I think it's actually, you know, one thing as, as someone who's both a Brewer fan and a Buck fan, um, you know, it's kind of, it's a frustrating thing as someone who's a bigger Bucks fan than Brewer fan. It's frustrating because, you know, the, the Brewers don't have to cope with any of the cold weather stigma because the baseball season doesn't really overlap with the bad weather, you know, winters of Wisconsin. So, you know, it's just cookouts and tailgates and, you know, nobody, nobody asks Christian Yelich, well, why would you want to play in a city where, you know, it's cold, right? Well, when Christian Yelich is here, it's not really very, very cold for the most part. Um, and if you do move the calendar the way we're talking, again, yes. I mean, obviously, you know, December, January, February, yes. Those are like kind of the coldest parts of the calendar. But um, if you're shaving off sort of like that October getting cold, November, you know, not exactly balmy. And instead you're getting, uh, you're trading those for, you know, August, July, June in Wisconsin, I think it would shift also that a little bit of that, um, that stigma from, again, the, you know, basically the basketball season overlapping with, um, you know, all of the coldest uh, months of, of the year in the, you know, especially in the Midwest and in the Northern parts of the country. So, um, so yeah, I think we just stumbled upon another sort of ulterior motive that, uh, you know, the Milwaukee's and Minnesota's and Boston's and Detroit's could, could argue for benefits. right is exactly trying to, to, you know, even the, the, the playing field a little bit with regards to, uh, to climate, uh, Toronto obviously also kind of fits, fits in that bucket. So, um, so I think that's really cool. And, and also, I mean, it's just like, you think about it. Um, okay. Granted, you know, the, uh, you know, baseball stadiums are kind of built for tailgating. Um, but I mean, just think about it. I mean, if you had, you know, let's think optimistically if the Bucks actually make it to, you know, the finals, um, you know, you could be tailgating oh, yeah. certainly May, June, July, August, right? Um, you could, and again, it's not, wouldn't be necessarily tailgating per se, but just think about like, you know, in the Deer District, um, the amount of, you know, awesome stuff you could be doing there if people are having reasons to go there during great weather, right? And granted, like, you know, I realize like during brewer season stuff that that, uh, area also gets used but you know let's be honest I think the Bucks have a much better chance of uh, winning a title than the Brewers do at least the way they're kind of the way things currently look so um, so yeah I think man we just keep uncovering silver linings here uh, which you know unfortunately are uh, are are pretty short and, and difficult to find given <laughs> we're in a we're in a public health emergency uh, the world over and um, you know there's lots of people in, in really tough spots but you know again this is this is us trying to kind of put on our blinders a little bit, look at sports and trying to, to view sports again as how can we turn this into the escape that it usually is and a distraction for us. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, anything else you can think of? Otherwise I would say, you know, also challenge all you guys listening to us, uh, you know, shoot us an email, lockdownbucks at Gmail or um, tweet at us uh, uh, with kind of observations. If there's any other kind of big ramifications of, of doing this, that, uh, that, that you can think of 
No, I, I think we've, we've hit them all. The only other thing now is um, I'm envisioning uh, the Bucks making future, not this year. It's not going to happen this year because obviously the MLB is affected and, and along with just about every other league. But in the future, you have Bucks playoff races in August leading straight into Brewers pennant races in September, leading into Packers season on their way to the Super Bowl. Uh, August right through to, to February is just going to be a, a sporting heaven for those Bucks, Brewers and, and Packers fans. So uh, like you said, I think we've uh, I think we've we've found something here. But uh, the other thing, as well as uh, sending all your suggestions in for, um, like I said, right from the top. I mean, whatever you want us to talk about. Uh, eventually, I would imagine we we might get to a point where the the news, as far as the NBA is is concerned, slows down, and it's just we're, we're sitting and waiting. So uh, you can send through any ideas you have for the podcast, but also questions. We're still going to get to this mailbag uh, probably later this week. So at Locked On Bucks on Twitter or the Gmail that uh, Frank mentioned, but uh, here we are. Well, we're, we're two days, two days down, Frank. Uh, yeah. And you need distractions. Cause like the only like real sports <laughs> news now that's not coronavirus related um, was dominated today by uh, your <laughs> Houston Texans. That's right. Kane for kind of random reasons. Kane, you've been a, a Houston Texans fan for a long time. That was your, your NFL team that you picked up on. And um I mean, I am not a uh, I am not a, a football expert by any by any stretch. Uh, you know, do check out uh, Locked On Packers with our uh, friend of the pod, Peter Bukowski. But um, yeah, the the Texans. Um, I, I don't know. Are the what are the the Texans are weird because they're not obviously bad. You know, they basically lose in the first round of the playoffs every year, seemingly not this year. But um, what is the NBA equivalent of the Texans? Because they're like kind of like a laughing stock, even though they're not bad and they have some good players, but today they trade basically like arguably the best wide receiver in football for, you know, a running back who's been hurt and <laughs> minimal draft compensation. Um, and then multiple other deals happen, which suggests that, you know, they really, really made a bad deal, but Hey, did you see, they just signed uh, former Packer Randall Cobb for $27 million over three years. The did, Texans? Did, am I rubbing the Texans just signed Randall Cobb for 18 million guaranteed over three years, 27 million total. Sorry if that's a very bad news on that. But, uh, I don't know. But let, let me ask you the question: Who? Who is there? Is there a? Have you have you thought about who hmm. the uh, like like an NBA equivalent of the Texans would be? I I don't know because they're not terrible, so you can't call them like the Knicks or something. But they're like that. They're like a respectable team that. Just the coaching sucks. The management seems to suck, and I just don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe this we'll have to ask our our listeners yeah. to try to give us some some comps. Um, I mean, it would it would it would have to be as you sort of pointed to a team that generally makes the playoffs. I mean, the Texans, you know, by virtue of certainly the division they're in, but they they make the playoffs almost every single year and uh, rarely win in the playoffs. But and it has to be you're right, a, a coach. Who now, by the way, this is and this is the thing that that completely, I just have no idea what is going on with that franchise. Is is Bill O'Brien, who um, I, I think that he's continued to be uh, extended as coach of the Texans, but he also seems to somehow find his way into getting um, into getting. Uh, promotions within the organization as well whether he's the offensive coordinator now he's the general manager so this guy is uh i i don't know what's going on uh he's he's a disaster and i i think that in, until they get rid of him 
I think the, the Texans are going to continue to be a rabble. I didn't know about Randall Cobb, so, um, um, you know, uh, any day that you uh, trade arguably the best receiver in the in the league and then pick up a, an old busted up Randall Cobb for a huge contract, then, well, it's, uh, the day can't be much worse than that. What? Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, maybe like the Bulls a couple of years ago, like the Bulls, like as they were on the verge of trading Jimmy Butler, you know, and sure. they were still like pretty good, but like kind of irrelevant. And Garpax have become obviously kind of like lightning rods for fans just, you know, hating what the Bulls are about. I don't know. The Wizards, you know, during the late era, Grunfeld. Yeah. I don't know if they, again, like, I don't know if they, they got too bad to be, to be the, uh, the Texans, but again, maybe give the Texans next season and maybe they'll, they'll maybe they'll have sunk to that oh, level. Wow. I don't know. Uh, I, I but, did say to you, I did say to you when, before we started recording, when we brought this up, I mean, I, when I woke up this morning and because, you know, now that I'm back in Australia, you know, I, I woke up at you know, whatever six, which is like two o'clock in the afternoon. So this was well and truly old news by then. And shout out to all the, the listeners for your, um, I'm going to say fake messages of support and maybe laughter at my Texans fandom for this trade. Um, it was very disappointing to wake up to that. But, uh, you know, uh, I almost was at the point where I was like, well, you know, it's time to trade Watson. Let's free this man. Let's, uh, let's let him be free. Let's, uh, anyway, Frank, I guess I want to leave it at that note. And, and, and this, is, this day has just been a reminder that even though there's literally no sport being played in the world, it can still find a way like nothing else to really hurt you, to really upset you. The Texans have upset me today, uh, but I will, I will move on. I will have a few months to recover. And maybe they, maybe they have a few more. Maybe they have a few aces up their sleeve. Oh, Billy O'Brien's going to uh, conjure up something. I have zero faith in him, but you never know. But Frank, uh, listen, I think overall a, a pretty positive podcast in terms of the benefits the Bucks could have out of a, a, a delayed and then potentially moving schedule moving forward for the NBA. But uh, we'll wrap it up here. Like I said, I mentioned the mailbag. I mentioned any other ideas for the podcast. And before I wrap it up today, I'm going to keep reminding you, Locked On Podcast Network is still rolling. Today's podcast, after you listen to this one, check out the Locked On NBA podcast, a daily podcast on the network. They'll cover all things around the league, not specifically just with the Bucks, but around the entire association so make sure you check that one out but for now for frank madden and myself kane Pittman, i'll speak to you guys tomorrow